Welcome to the Blue Room Podcast, a space where we explore ourselves, our lives, and our relationships more deeply through therapeutic conversation. I'm your host, Fantanish Atomsa, and I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. So today we have my friend and mentor with us again, Tia Upshaw, and we're going to be chatting about what it's like to date as a single (laughs) mom, which is a whole crazy journey. Um, But before we start the conversation, I'm going to get you to pull a card. Conversation card. I'm going to go down to like the middle because last time I pulled one. From the top? From the top. So I'm going to go to the middle. All right. Okay. What do you think is the hardest thing about the choices you have made? Damn. That's an open, wide open question. Right. That's for the jugular. The hardest thing for my choices would be uh, missing out on the opportunities to really get to know who my kids are. Mm-hmm. Missing out opportunities to being a part of their special experiences um, because the choices I've made in the last 10 years have been about elevating me personally as a black woman um, and not so much, you know, being a mother figure to um, my kind of adult kids now, but they were younger when I started my uh, first business. So it'd be the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And every decision before 10 years, I have to relive, you know, in the present. So, yeah. 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 I know what you're saying with that. Um, And for folks who don't know who you are, I just assume everybody knows who Tia is, but she is a serial entrepreneur here in Halifax. Mm -hmm. Her recent business um, is Femme Noir. It's a consulting company. She just opened this up like literally just days or weeks ago. It was, it was, I announced it on Monday. Announced it on Monday. So this this week. Um, and prior to that, she had a successful 10-year uh, business, yeah. which she has um, transferred over to her daughter now, yes. who runs it. So that also just happened on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> um, so generational wealth. We love to see it. Um, and yeah, like, I know what you mean. Like as a, you know, when you have a single income household, you miss out on a lot with your kids. You like you, you just, you do. And that's why we're trying to find a two income household. That's why we're trying to be out here dating. Even then, <laughs> even then, I mean, we'll get into that in a, in a bit, I guess. But even then, I think for me, having a two household income is not going to slow me down. Because me as an individual, I'm very independent. Um, The person I'm with, who I love, my best friend, um, and he knows this, like I don't, you know, have to be with him. I choose to be with him. And there's a big difference when you have to be with someone because of income or security. Mm. Sometimes it may not work and it may may be a hard challenge. But when you're with someone because you want to and you already have your own, Mm. it's a whole different vibe. Trust me. Don't please, man. You need to say that again. <laughs> that one just slapped me because I've definitely been in a situation where so you're with someone just because you want that security, that support. Um, you just want that second income because it is really difficult it to is. to to raise kids on your own on, on one income. So I've definitely been there where I was like, you know, let's just do it for the the kids. The stability, just just because yeah. it's practical, just because it's easy, but then it ends up being not easy at all. It was really difficult because we had no common interests. We had we had nothing. 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 <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> you, can be, you can be with somebody for so long, and that's all you know is that person yeah. and that lifestyle they were able to give to you. You stay in a relationship that you know is it's toxic not. and not good, Damn. and it's not good for you. Or, or the, the other kid. individual. Or the kids. Or the kids. People I mean, our like kids, them. I mean, we we raise our kids in a lifestyle that's totally 
unacceptable today. Like, you know, totally unacceptable. My kids were on the steps with me one, two o'clock in the morning. Well, you know, we're selling weed or whatever. Like it was normal. I was 14 with my first kid and 17 with my second people. Right. So bad. I didn't know how to be a mother. Yeah. But my kids, you know, they've never really seen us argue and fight. And if they did, it was almost like, oh, it's just mom and dad. Like it didn't it was how they were raised. So it was kind of normal for them. Yeah. If they went to say your house where that never happened, yeah. they'd be like, I don't think your mom and dad like each other because <laughs> they're getting along. Right. So, right. It was, you know, and I mean, they're dealing with that now as adults because now they have to relive it. And certain things that we thought was normal as parents, not normal because now our adult children yeah. are going through it. But that's the thing. You can, you can be, you know, on the step with your kids, one, two in the morning. You can be in the nicest house with your husband and and there still be stuff going yeah, down absolutely. in the house. That, absolutely. That's just toxic and traumatic for the kids. So, and you could be just literally trying your best to raise your kids and they're still going to experience. They are. They, everybody has to deal with their own traumas and they all have to. Yeah, and know, figure so it out. They do. They do. Um, I'm going to pull a card. <clears throat> all right. Tell me about an experience that change your life change my life um can we not be um like most people women will go to can we not being say a mother. yes please don't say that let's talk about something <laughs> that's real in depth yeah i would say for me my trip back home because i was 17 16 just turned 17 at that point in my life i had dropped out of school um, my parents didn't know what to do with me. I was literally running the streets. You wouldn't Not. expect it. Yeah, with Tia. We, we <laughs> yeah, like we were from the same hood. Like I dropped out of school. I was, you know, like like people like to say, experimenting. Yeah. I was doing all, I was the in most. everything. And that was also because of my own traumas. And, and yeah. I'll share, that'll be on episode one. Um, but I was all over the place. My parents didn't know what to do with me. I had dropped out of school. I wasn't listening. I wasn't following the rules in the house. So they shipped me back home. My mom took me on a trip back home for four months. I'm sorry. They shipped me. Like, my mom came with me, but I'm telling you, it was like I didn't have a choice. We were going. And I'm if my kids ever act up and tried some of the stuff that I tried, back home is the only option. Really? Send them back. Send them back. It changed my (laughs) life. (laughs) It changed my life. Like, there's so many layers to it. There's the layer of, first of all, being in a space where you are the majority. Yes. So you see black people in places of position, uh, positions of power, positions of, of influence, of excellence. Like, I was like, well, damn, like, I'm just, I'm just blending in. Yeah. Nobody has a stereotype of me other than they thought I was American. So everyone thought I had money. And they didn't know I was. And they didn't know I was. Spe- I could understand the language, so they'd be talking about me when I was. Oh. oh yeah, you get all that. But aside from that, like I really saw what life meant. I found my purpose again. I found my passion again. Um, it was healing. I came off of everything that I was on, like the, you know, all the vices, all the, all the substances I was using. It was like, I just came off everything, and. Um, it tested a lot of my relationships with my parents. Um, I got to see things differently. I got to see where they grew up and why they did some of the things that they did. Um, and then I came back to Halifax. I enrolled back in school, got pregnant. 
still oh, got pregnant still yeah, still <laughs> it, did, it didn't prevent that um not but... ethiopia wasn't birth control <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work that well <laughs> but it really um it gave me a sense of self mm-hmm. so even though i had my kid i had him in july and then i was back in school in september so i was wow. very i was very motivated my parents helped me out i'm gonna say girl did you got parents for helping you like that they they were i was i was in school i was but uh, i was on an um, income assistance my parents watched my kids um wow. they were in day my my son was in daycare for a bit i remember dropping him off going to school picking him back up at, eight, at 19. um and then when you know when he wasn't in daycare or wanted to save money in daycare or i think i could pay my mom to watch my son i think that was one of the things you could do on income assistance that was back then that was back then yeah, yeah. You can't do it I don't, anymore. I don't think you can. I don't think no. it's, uh, no. yeah. If you can, it's a hack. So yeah, you didn't know. <laughs> the money still comes right to the household income. Right. Yeah. And then you just pay your yeah. provider. They yeah. write a receipt for you. Yeah, and... Absolutely. <laughs> Remember them days. I'll babysit all your children. You give me their checks. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that, that changed my life. And part of like, you know, one of my, like my wellness practice is um, I want to, give black folks here an experience to go back to either Africa, either the Caribbean, um, as part of wellness and healing, because it changed my mental health, it changed mm-hmm. my identity, it changed my sense of self, it changed the way that I saw the world and saw myself in the world. Um, and I and I feel like folks, black folks here especially need to experience that. It's, it's, so, it's so oppressive living here. Oh, it is, every day. Living here is so oppressive. Like you don't even realize how subtle it be. like it's like you just man. Like, I can't even walk out with my hair like this sometimes and people just be Oh can like, I touch? Oh it's so nice. No, like, don't touch and don't tell me it's nice because you don't even know what it is. Just leave me alone. It is oppressive and the comment you made earlier about being the majority and not the minority. Yeah, language that is, is important. a big reason why, you know, me and my fiance have been building in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Because I'm hoping by the time my youngest is she's actually going to grade twelve this year. Damn. So her prom will be this time next year. Like what? Wow. Like it's gonna be insane, of course. We're gonna make sure it's lit That's for her. Lit. Um Bye. but you know, whatever she chooses to do, I'm hoping that she wants to go away from university. But if she doesn't, if you, you, she's a business owner too. So she has her business called Lash Game. Right. So if you want to strive and excel in your business, you can do that. You can stay at the house. You'll be of age. My God, I moved over when I was 15. Yeah. You'll be 18. You can you, you can, can live stay. on your own. I'm right. hoping to spend most of my time in Jamaica. Damn. Because even though I'm fair-skinned, I'm, I'll never be white. <laughs> no matter what space I go in. Right. I'll never be white. They'll yeah. never accept me, yeah. especially as soon as I open my mouth. Yeah. Um, it's downhill. Yeah. But when I'm in Jamaica, they don't even give me a second look. No, they I don't. am you're a just, part of the, the, the majority. We're you're all black. The global majority. Literally. So you that's are. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. It, it it changes. And when I say oppressive, like, no, we're not here in chains. No, we're not here, you know, <laughs> there's no segregation. But the men the mental stuff that's that's going on, yeah, man. It's like it's every day. It's every day. That's why there is such things as DEI initiatives and, and all that stuff. And it's like Black women in excellence, because yeah. of the reasons of being oppressed as black women in business, Absolutely. we are, we're not offered the same opportunities anybody else. No. And I don't mean as white people, but I mean black women. Yeah. Are not offered the same opportunities oh. as any other culture. Yeah, it's bottom of the totem pole. We are at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah, and we'll always be there. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, language is language is really important. And a lot of what you do in your work and what I do in my work is we empower, we inspire, we educate. And, and you know, any events that we do, anything that we do, we want to make sure that's a celebration. You know, Black History Month, I'm not talking oh. about slavery, segregation, none Ugh. of that shit ever. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Number one, it. <laughs> you can't even really get Tia to speak anywhere. Black History Month. Yeah. So if you are watching this and you're looking for Tia <laughs> to come to your organization, <laughs> business, or whatever it may be. Not in February. Not in February. February, <laughs> I am MIA yeah. because we have 12 months in a year. Yeah. What about the 11 other months? Why yeah. haven't you called Tia then right. to talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion? Mm-hmm. Simmer on that. Literally. <laughs> No bookings. on that. My God. Yeah, we could we could just talk about this stuff forever. Um, it's a passion of mine. That topic. What I is could, it? That topic. Oh, it's a passion. It's a, it's a passion. It's... I can talk about it and talk about it until the cows come home. I mean, that's why you started Black Women in Excellence. Literally. Because of the barriers Black women face in business. That's why I started my practice because we don't see ourselves no. represented in wellness spaces and wellness marketing. I've worked in spas and clinics here locally. Could my friends come? Could my family come? They could come. But they never felt. They don't felt welcomed. No. It's not a safe space for us. It's not. Simmer on that one too. Another simmer, simmer. <laughs> I would say rotate on that. <laughs> Sim, rotate. Um, okay, back to dating as a single yes. mom, guys. Totally forgot. Sorry. <laughs> We just uh, took a little detour yeah. there. Um, tell first, tell me a little bit about your um, your relationship with your kids, your kids' father. Can you talk about that a little bit before oh, we absolutely. go into where you're at right now? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, he passed away three years ago mm-hmm. um, in a tragic car accident. Suddenly, literally, um, December seventeenth, um, right before Christmas. So. Uh, but prior to that, we were together for 20 years, mm-hmm. 20 years. We were Bonnie and Clyde in my community. Everybody who's watching this and are from the park, you already know. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came to, you know, illegal activity, stone dope, <laughs> um, all that stuff, the party was at our house. Like we were the Bonnie and Clyde of the community. Right. Um, and he was well known throughout Nova Scotia mm-hmm. for what he did. Um, <laughs> the lifestyle we lived was... Not a lifestyle as, oh, we're going to love one another and grow together. It was purely, we both had to survive. We're both young parents. Mm-hmm. Both We were both raised by grandparents. Mm-hmm. Even though our mothers were there, they mm-hmm. didn't raise us. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of similarities in trauma. Mm-hmm. And that's why we connected so well. Mm-hmm. So we were really mainly best friends that just end up having sex <laughs> and being lovers and friends and then being end up being parents um, all in one. It just happened very quickly. I think mm-hmm. within the first year and a half of us just like starting to talk and stuff, I'm like, oh shoot, I'm pregnant. Damn. So we had our first child in grade eight. I was going into grade eight that year. And we would travel to St. Pat's High School, drop him off, come back to Highland Park, do class, and then go wow. back and get him at three. Not St. Pat's and Highland yes. Park. Yes. Those are the stomping grounds. <laughs> um, but we had a, a we had a, it wasn't healthy in today's definition, yeah. but it was healthy in our community in my definition. Yeah. That's all I knew and that's all I loved and, that, and vice versa. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of, you know, cheating. There was a lot of disrespect and arguing. Um, we'd be in the club, like literally uh, fighting, like fist fighting. So yeah. I wasn't in an abusive relationship because I was giving it like he was giving it, right? <laughs> I, we, literally, we were squaring off. Jeez. Like it was a thing. It was normal when we go home and lay up and have sex. Like it was normal, right? <laughs> 
So we end up breaking up in the end the summer of 2013 or no 2012. Sorry, okay. we end up breaking up. And all your kids were already born at that point. Oh God, my kids were grown. My son, oh. I mean. Oh, yeah, 2013. Yeah, 2013, we broke up. 10 years ago. Yeah, so we we, we were together for 20 years. We got together in 93 or 94. Wow. Yeah, a long time we were together. Wow. And and I wouldn't say that it's because he cheated. Um, There was a lot of factors to it with, you know, him constantly cheating, me constantly, you know, not really cheating, but when he went to jail, I would find somebody else until he got out and we get back together. Yeah. Um, And this was kind of the last straw. I think I was going through a transition of growth. And I found out that he was running with a friend of mine. Like, and I heard about it, but I couldn't prove it for a long time. Wow. And then finally I was able to prove it because he went to jail and she was outside talking about how much she's going to miss him and blah, blah, blah. Someone called me. I rolled up and she told me everything. Whoa. They were together for four years. And that's your friend. Yeah. They were together for four years without me really, really knowing. Like my kids called her auntie. Like it was a whole thing. So I went MIA depressed. I left my community. I went to Creighton Street. Um, he, because I wouldn't be his side, because he wouldn't let me have a, her as a side chick and me as the main chick. He was just like, well, I'll give you everything you got. Like nothing will change if you just accept her. And I was like, no. Wow. And he took everything. Like literally we lived in a four bedroom condo on Stony Brook Court, Clayton Park. Um, my kid, I had a red, um, um, uh, what was it called? Dodge Durango with rims, full system. Like it was a thing. Like my life was good. I was going on trips every month. I was getting allowance every Friday to go shopping with my girls. Um, VIP at all the clubs because of him. And I just couldn't do it no more. And I said, no, and I walked away. And then that's when everything went downhill financially for me. So that was like the turning point of financial, like bullshit. Like what am I going to do? Should I go back to him? But I knew nothing was going to change with us. Right. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm just going to stick it out. And um, even before he passed away, though, we didn't speak for two years after we broke up. You guys did. We didn't talk. Right. There was nothing. Like, you can see the kids. You can meet them outside. There's nothing for me to say. Like, there was no communication. Wow. And then the third year, it was Mother's Day. And he was having his first child with her. Okay. For three years after our breakup. And I was working at the Shabbatu Inn Hotel as a housekeeper. Okay. Literally. And that was, I was doing it on the weekends. Um, and he came with flowers. And he, I said, I already knew you were having a baby. I heard that through the grapevine. But thank you very much. Whatever He said, I know what I did was fucked up. And, you know, I should have said something. But honest to God, I never had the guts to say anything. Mm. Because I, we've been together for so many years. You're not just my baby mom. You were a friend. Like, you were a best friend type thing. Best, yeah. So I decided, along with my fiance at the time, because I met somebody else. Okay. And he wasn't a fiance then, but he was like, I don't know what happened with you in your past relationship, but you need to forgive for us to grow. Mm. So along with my now fiance telling me that and me wanting to kind of forgive him, I forgave him and I moved on. Um, So before he died, we ended up being great friends. Like, I mean, he would come over to the host Christmas. I would cook him food Thanksgiving because this new woman doesn't cook, doesn't know how to. Um, literally, he would come to his old baby mama's house to get fed fed. Um, I would pick him up from like downtown if he was drunk. He would call me and say, girl, like, can you come pick me up? I'm drunk. Wow. And I couldn't drop him off at his house because she would have thought something was going on. There was nothing ever going on. Oh. We were strictly really great friends. You guys had and a relationship. We had a great relationship. Um, after we broke up, we should have. We both agreed we should have broke up 
10 years prior to when it mm-hmm. happened. We should have broke up before we had our third child because it was done then. And we both agreed on it. We just never had the guts to say it. Right. Right. We just stayed together. It's Bonnie and Clyde. It's TM Buzzy. Like, why? Like, you don't. Comfortable. Like it was that. just comfortable for us. Yeah. And he, I knew I had a safety net. So if I went to jail, he was out with the kids. He would put his court dates off until I go, and then he would go in and go to jail, wow. and I would have the kids. That's real, Bonnie. And yeah, Clyde. we literally there was this, our kids were never in care, right? Not once the children did ever come to my door, nice. not once, nice. all the years. So, yeah, yeah. it was it was a unit. It was a dysfunctional, <laughs> functional. unit. dysfunctional, but functional. <laughs> yeah, unit for us. It was perfectly imperfect right. unit that worked, but right. we ended up being great friends. And I always mention that part because. Um, even at his funeral, someone said to me, I'm so sorry that you and Buzzy broke up, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm like, girl, he did now, but thank you. <laughs> but I have closure and I'm okay yeah. because I forgave him. We became good became friends. Close. But imagine if I would have held that animosity. Absolutely. I would not have closure today. I would be, I would probably be distraught, you torn. Would. You would. And, and having that closure and having that good relationship allows you to then move on with with your future relationship. Absolutely. Like with, with your fiance and things. And it helps my kids heal because if you have a parent that dies and the other parent hates that parent, don't want to talk about it, right. how do you grieve? Because I have kids. Your kids need to talk to so you about we, it. So we, we joke about him all the time with his ashy fingers, ashy bum cheeks. Remember when dad <laughs> used to do this? He, before he died, he went on a trip to Hong Kong uh, with a group of his friends from the park. Really? And he took it out of van and something else the night before the flight. <laughs> and he overdosed on it. And he oh, thought geez. that he thought he bit his tongue off. And he was running around, ambulance coming, everything to get him. He thought he ate his tongue. Like it was the whole thing. So me and my kids talk about it. Um, we talk about everything. We I make sure that his memory is just like literally girl was the thing. <laughs> Sorry oh, if it's too much information, God. but that was his last <laughs> big thing that happened with him was him going to Hong Kong. <laughs> and um, the, the kids really, I think they enjoy that mom can talk about dad. We have his ashes in the host. We've got pictures in the host. And, and all the while. It's just all love. It is all love. And all the while, I'm with somebody I've been with for 10 years. It will be 10 years for us in October. And he stood behind, like beside me the whole time. Like he was never self confident like self-conscious yeah, or he, he felt inferior it. he accepts it he accepts it he's like you spent 20 years with the man do right. i expect that you're gonna just that's maturity yeah that's he real, is that's real maturity oh he is mature that's real like i you talk about fast my first i have two i have three kids mm-hmm. two different dads so the first one i literally came back from ethiopia as you guys know we talked about in the last episode i went away came back, changed my life, but it was not birth control. I came back and I got pregnant right away. Um, My oldest, his dad and I were dating for maybe two months. And then I got pregnant at 18. So my parents, of course, were freaking because I had just been shipped off, came back. Supposed to be a whole new change of life, supposed to be focused, and then I'm pregnant. Um, My dad took it harder. My mom was like, it's okay, we're going to figure it out. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, because she also, she was married off at 13. Damn. And so she had her first kids at 15. Oh, God. So for but her, she was married, so it made it acceptable. But it's it's an arranged marriage. It's mm-hmm. a forced marriage. It's, you know, the first husband, God rest his soul, mm-hmm. wasn't, didn't treat her the best. Um, so, I mean, she was like, she understood from a woman's perspective how that felt. So she was like, we're going to figure it out. Yeah. My dad, once my son was born, my his grandson is his favorite person in the world. They ended up forming their bond. But, of course, with the, fir- the relationship with my first one, he... We were just so young. We were just so young, like 18, 19. 
What are we what are we supposed to do at that age? I remember I wanted to get married, build a house, build a family. That's kind of my version of what I thought a family was supposed to be at that age. Um, and he just wasn't he just wasn't ready. He wasn't in that space. So I remember very early on, you know, I I separated from him and I found my own place and yeah. I was I was pretty independent. I mean, even though I was on social assistance, like I was still going to school, still still doing the things and me and his dad, which we, we were off and on for a bit, but we completely separated, I would say, like, seven years ago. Oh, wow. Um, like, for good, after a big blow-up. I think I told you about yeah. that one. <laughs> yeah, you it did. Was a, it was a big blow-up, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of emotions evolved. But at the end of the day, like, where we're at today, we have, we have a relationship that's workable mm -hmm. in the sense of, like, you know, we can communicate. It's like that coworker that, you know, you have to work with. You don't necessarily like, but you have to work with. You can coexist. <laughs> right. We yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you keep it cute. We keep it cute. You know, we do what's best for, for Mar and if and if anything comes up we can talk to each other. Um and it's fine. Then my second um my second, you know, the twins dad, he um he came into our lives in a, in a place where I was looking a lot for stability and security, mm -hmm. and he brought that to the table. He was he was there for me. He was there for Mar. Um, but again, we just in terms of personality and interests, like you know, we just wasn't there. We just talked, spoke about that in the other episode. Yeah, we spoke about something like I that. Know. Yeah, it was it like and all the things run through your mind. You know, you want to make it work for for the kids, and you want to do all this, but. When you don't feel satisfied and fulfilled, um, I just I'm not I couldn't stay in that in that situation. Um, but again, we have a good working relationship. We communicate a lot more because the kids are so young; mm -hmm. they're they're only two years old. So we have to talk every day. You know who's who's dropping who off. Who you know we need Absolutely. we need extra underwear at our house. You know can you bring a bottle? Like we ha like they're just so young. And if if they want to call me when they're with him, they call me. If they yeah. want to call him when they're when they're with me, Vice we video. Versa. Yeah, like we have to make sure, you know, that we are still respectful and and we still co-parenting and things like that. But him and I have been separated for two years, and the kids are only three. Yeah, they're just turning. It wasn't three. meant to be. It wasn't. It wasn't meant to be. So we we first separated um, when they were three months old. So I've so I've pretty much been single for like two and a half years. But the first year, you're like, I never. Oh, you don't wanted. want no man. No. Nope. No. Not even no man. No relationship. But for right. us, we were we're attracted to men. It's like I don't want no man. Right. You don't want to deal with it. And, um, yeah. And if you do, you're kind of. All over the place. You're all you're over. You're living your best life. Right. You're out there popping You're not hair. tolerating shit. No, literally you're, you're not. You're like, uh, when I first started, attitude? Attitude. When I first started dating, I was like, whoa, like you don't, you don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. I had no compromise because no. I, I feel like I have put up with so much that I was like, I'm not going to waste my time this time. If you're not literally perfect, I'm not going to give and you the time of day. That's a that's toxic trait. That's a toxic trait. Back to episode yeah. two, like it was a real toxic trait. I had to work through it. Now I'm trying to like compromise, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm dating. I'm in a better space dating where I feel like I'm learning from 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 y'all and people who are in these healthier relationships. Um, but at the at the same time, like you know, dealing with like processing that first year of like you know I don't want to date, I don't want to do all this, and then now kind of being back 
in the dating world in a space where I feel like I'm in a better mental space, I'm like, how, how can I date like here with the type of people that we have here in our in our circle like i don't know if you you obviously you're you have a fiance like he's jamaican too so he's not in a circle he's not nova scotian he's not canadian i did not meet him in any circles in halifax no no so it's you totally have a different. you had a whole and that like my first like my and and another thing is to having two baby daddies you're not trying to have a third no. So like you're already trying to process all that. Be like, you know, you don't want that stigma. You don't want that stereotype. No, you don't. And now you're trying to be out dating folks, and they're gonna be like, oh, you have kids? Oh, how many? Oh, three? Oh, how many baby daddies? Oh, two? Well, and that's one. In all fairness, one set are twins. They they were twins. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So that counts for something. Yes. <laughs> that they're counts twins. for something, right? Twins. So I mean, how long did you stay single before you started? Your date I went through a depression. Um, I'm going to say single, about six months. It wasn't long. Um, single, single, where I was just, well, I shouldn't even say six months because literally I was just out there riding the wave, literally <laughs> riding, riding the wave. I was in the club every weekend. Yeah. After I went through 30 days of not talking to anybody. Yeah. Not eating, crying, sleep, not sleeping. Like right. wasn't even functional for my kids. My my biological mother had my kids. Like it was a whole thing. Yeah. Um. But once a friend of mine, which is now an ex friend, um. But at the time she was a friend, and she was like, "I have a wedding I'm going to, and I want you to come with me as a guest, whatever. Just come. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get out." And I lost a lot of weight too. So, mm-hmm. um, I end up going to get my hair colored. So that's the first time I went blonde. Damn. I went blonde, got some of it cut off. I had a tight Blonde does something body. to you. It does. Blonde? Like when you're ready to change your life, you, you just be going blonde. <laughs> I, literally, you go blonde and you do the red lip. And I had a red body it. con dress on and a wow. pair of red and white heels. I'll that never forget what I had on that night. Uh-huh. And I went to a wedding and it was a Jamaican wedding. Somebody okay. here was marrying a Jamaican. And I go to this wedding and um, it just kind of changed everything for me. It literally was fun. Yeah. I was, you know, wasn't hearing anybody. Like, I don't want talk. Like, yeah. And um, meeting my fiance came with that. Right. And even then, I was like, I'm just oh here doing Tia. Yeah. Like, I went from Shantia to Tia, right. just like that. And I was just, just, just freak nasty. Like, just out there with whatever, riding yeah. the oh. wave. Oh. Because I was, I was with someone for 20 years, so I just wanted to breathe. And. Um, you know, within probably, I'll say 10 months is when I really came into the relationship I'm in now. Yeah. So once you weren't he- weren't rushing into like- I wasn't. Take your time. Um, but even though me going into that relationship, he was my boyfriend. We decided we were going to date and then we'd end up saying we're going to be committed to just me and you. Mm-hmm. Even even during that, I didn't bring him around people. Like no one knew. They just knew I had a boyfriend. No one even believed me. My kids will tell you today- mm-hmm. We swear to God that this man was made up because you didn't she, bring him around. Nope. The kids didn't nope, see him. No, nope, for three years. Three years. Three years. Three years. And I brought him. I met. Let my kids meet him. His his actually was two years because his second year with me, my kids met him the night before we were going back to Jamaica. We went over for dinner, so he weren't allowed at my house. I would go to his. Right. So he came to dinner. Boundaries. Yeah, literally. And then I took him to the airport, and he went back. Yeah. So the following year, my kids got to see him like two or three times here and there. Still not at my house. Um, and then I let my grandmother meet him. 
And my other family members didn't even know who he was either. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother met him, my kids met him. That's all that mattered to me. And I waited that long because there's no sense of bringing a man into my children's life who is not, who has no intention to properly love me and to accept and love my children equally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's no point. Mm -hmm. I'll just keep, you know, fucking out. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? We'll just keep it at that. Um, But with that, with that, like, I find there's still, like, there's still this stereotype and misconception when... I've, I experience it dating with kids. Like when a guy comes into my life, they think that I want them to be the father figure to my kids. I'm like, that's not that's not what you're here for, first of all. Like, and I feel like that's what kind of makes guys apprehensive sometimes. It's like, oh, you know, she has she has kids. She needs me to step in and be the dad and stuff like that. I find that such a big misconception. Like, like if men are dating women who have who are single moms understand that we want you there first of all for us and that's and and we don't and that's why we're not bringing you around our kids right away that's why we're not integrating you right away like we have to make sure that we like you first like you're dating us first and then if we like you then we'll do the whole slowly slowly but with that being said i find a lot of women are scared to have those uncomfortable conversations. So before you even say you're dating, and then before you say you're committed to each other, there should be conversations about, you know, the children. Does he have children? Do you have children? What do you expect from him? What does he expect from you as a mother? Right. Um, what is his long-term goals? Is he looking to get married? Does he want to have more kids with you? Um, all those things me and my fiance spoke about. Right. We both didn't want any more kids because he already had four and I had three. Yeah. Um, he knew I wasn't looking for a father. I made that very clear. Yeah. Um, he was looking for marriage in the next 10 to 15, and so was I. Yeah. And he was okay with me finding myself and building my businesses. Right. Um, and I joke about this because I always say, just when I'm speaking in public about you know my personal life, is I said to him, I can't remember what night it was, but one of the nights that you know God is first, my children are second, my business is third, and you'll always come last. And if that's not something that you can deal with, with, then it's not gonna it's not gonna work. I'm not gonna choose between you or any of those. Right. I'm not doing it. I'm not yeah. choosing you between my kids. I'm not choosing you or my business. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I need to be sub-sustainable for First. myself. Because right. if you decide to leave me in 20, 30 years, I need to still have my empire. Yeah. I'm not gonna stop that to make you feel boosted up as a man. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Yeah. But in the same tone, I'm not always like that powerful masculine type so a lot of my femininity comes out when it comes to him yeah like he knows that about me yeah um it just creates that safe space he does he does he 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 supports you in everything you do he supports all your endeavors he does and literally crazy ideas too and he'd be like you know what tia i don't know but if you think it's gonna work just like black women in excellence yeah he was just like if you think it's gonna work let's just do it i got your back whatever you need i'm gonna support you in it and it, and it allows you to soften. Like if, 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 if people feel, or if men feel like we're too masculine nowadays, then we just, we want to be feminine. We want to like soften that mm-hmm. bit. And it's not an issue of submitting. It's not an issue of any of these things, but we need a space that we feel like we're supported in and that we feel like we're heard in. Cause I've definitely been in relationships too, where I couldn't make a decision. I, I, you know, my opinions didn't matter. You know, oh, those are the worst relationships. Those are, and then, and then you become more hard. You, <sighs> you become do. more masculine. And then you become quiet. You do. You become you quiet because you just disengage. And there's a word you just use, submissive. And I had a conversation with a colleague or a friend of mine a few months ago, and um, I said I'm very submissive. I use the word all the time. I'm very submissive to my fiance, and I have no problem with doing it because he allows me 
to feel safe right. with me being submissive. Yeah. He uplifts me, loves me unconditionally. There's nothing about me that he's ashamed of. Yeah. Um, he'll stand beside me if I need him there. He's I don't even call on me right there, yeah. literally. Yeah. So for me to be submissive is natural. Yeah. So there's a difference when you're looking at it from a negative um, connotation of being submissive, of course, you're going to feel, you know, all boasted and as a black woman. Yeah. But when you have that black man that just is there through everything, just you, you can be submissive and it comes naturally without you feeling like, I, I don't have to ask permission to do nothing. Yeah. But I will let my man know, like, you know, I'm going away, I'm going to this and doing that. I'm not asking permission, I'm letting you know, and vice versa. Yeah. If he's going out with his friends, he'll say, yo, T, I'm going to go out tonight. Are yeah. you okay with that? There can't be Absolutely. control. There There's no control. control. I'm not your mother. You're not my father. Yeah. It has to be a willingness and it has to come out of, it has to come out of, um, out of love. Absolutely. Honestly. Um, what would, what would your priorities be when dating as a single mom? Like what's something that you were looking for, that you were looking for? Someone that loved me unconditionally. That was the biggest thing. You can't change Tia. Yeah. I don't want a man that's trying to change me. Yeah. I don't want a man that says you're wearing too much makeup or you got your your titties are old and your ass is hanging. I don't want a man like that. Yeah. Because this is me, my personality. And you, be you know with that. I have multiple businesses. I'm sitting here today with you know, like this yeah. is me. Yeah. And if you think that, you know, you can't take me somewhere because I dress a certain way, or you're like, Oh, you're not presentable to your mom, yeah. keep it fucking moving. Yeah, keep so it moving. So I wanted someone who accepted me authentically for who I was. Yeah. All the good, bad and ugly about me. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm and I mean you're you're engaged and you know, that's eventually a goal that that I have as someone mm-hmm. who's dating and, and with kids. And I'm always like trying to navigate this dating world, you know, with kids as a single mom and things like that. Um, and I know it's hard. It's like, very, it's very hard because you just, you know, someone can love you, but then you start thinking, are they going to love my children? The same way. Loving me and sleeping in my bed is different than you loving and wanting to be around my kids when they're screaming and crying and running around. Absolutely. When I got with him, Zari was only five going on six. Yeah. So she's at that age where she was just miserable, bossy, just, she was a spoiled little girl anyways. Yeah. So you're five years old in the mall flipping your body on the floor, but yeah. they won't buy you a, a treat bag from <laughs> Clear's. That's the type of kid she was. Kids are oh my gosh, crazy. she was unruly. She was unruly, <laughs> and he's just like, and he's Jamaican. So most, you know, Caribbean, you know, fathers yeah. are strict. Like they're yeah. like, Tia, you need to get this under control. He would walk out and be like, Why is she on the floor? Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's just Zari. He's like, No, you're gonna regret this when she's 13. Right. Damn. And he was right. He was right. He yeah. was so freaking right. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, she's almost 17. Like. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, and I mean, my my goal is to get to a space where, again, like I mean, marriage is, is something that that I want. Engagement is something that I want, and just learning how to navigate this whole this whole dating thing is 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 crazy um, and scary. And I did put the question out to our to our Instagram, and I was. And I asked, um, what questions advice do you have for single moms that are dating? It's a selfish question because mm-hmm. I, I definitely want to know the question yeah. and the answers. Um, and someone said, keep the bar high, focus on fulfilling your needs. Anything a partner will give is extra. Also remember that you are a full and delicious cake. <laughs> Not a full and delicious cupcake. <laughs> I didn't read this fully. The partner is like the cherry on top, but that cake is still whole and absolutely oh, amazing. God. Somebody <laughs> wants to date with you, girl. Without the cherry. Someone wants to date. <laughs> you are the prize always. Um, 
Yeah, like, and and you're right. Your priorities have to be to be in the right place. You can't be wanting to date as a single mom just because you want that second income, it's just not gonna because work. you want like another person in the house to help you know raise your kids. Like, it has to be. You know, you have to be secure first in who you are. And I know in, in my relationships, and I'll be honest, like there was a lot of times I was super toxic in, in, in oh, relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep, with my kids' dads, with other you know yeah. people I was dating. And I had a lot of insecurities and, and I had to, to heal through that mm-hmm. and, and figure that out so that I can be in a better place for for the next person. And and I mean, seeing you with with like your kids and your fiance, I see your guys' love is like- Oh my God, he is my- So like, strong. I know people are like, best friend, I can hang with him before I hang with anybody else. Yeah. Me and him have good laughs. We do date night every Friday for the last 10 years. We've never missed it unless he's in Jamaica. When yeah. he goes back to Jamaica from April to no- November to April. Yeah. And he's here in Canada every Friday night. We he do doesn't. date night. We, we switch up the different- if it's sushi, if it's Thai, if it's, you know, pizza, whatever. Spend and we have time. a bottle of wine, we talk. Yeah. And we connect. And every Sunday, he cooks a big meal for me on Sunday. Yeah. Um, and he just caters to me and gives me my back rub and all that stuff every Sunday. Never he changes. Loves you, loves you. Like, he loves, loves you, loves you. Every little roll on me, every everything about me. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's supportive with my business endeavors yeah. and my events and what I want to do, how I want to change you know, mm-hmm. the perception of Nova Scotia and Canada and the world. Yeah. He's right there. He's like, let's do it to you. We'll do it together. If you think it can happen, I got you. Um, do, you do you think it's easier dating someone who, ha- who has kids than someone who doesn't? Not necessarily, because then you have to deal with their baby moms. They have. That's what's hard. I'm like, oh, could I God, date someone? Oh, that's a whole, not, that's a whole <laughs> other episode. You need to do one <laughs> on how to date a man who has several baby moms oh, who, are toxic, <laughs> who are toxic. Who are toxic. That's that's the next Several one. toxic baby moms. But it's very difficult. Yeah. Because you know you hard. have I have stepchildren and they're 20, 27, same age as my son. Yeah. Uh, twenty four, no twenty three, nineteen, and my my the youngest stepson he's gonna be seventeen in November. Yeah. And the lot of perception they have about me is not from me or their father, just from their baby, it's from their mothers. Yeah. So how do you navigate through that? And that, mm-hmm. you know, is hard because I would love for them to have been here. I've been with this man since these youngest ones were yeah. young, five, six, and one of them was like 12. Right. They could have came. I could have married him, brought him here. But I can't do that when our relationship is so torn because of the toxicity from their mothers. Mm-hmm. Every child's going to listen to their mother regardless. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a hard one. And I have empathy. I actually do have a lot of empathy for guys that are trying to date me because they they have that fear of the baby dads. Like, I don't want to get involved. Like, imagine, imagine mine. Like, I remember the first time I got with him and people were like telling him, like, yo, dealing with her, you got to deal with Buzzy. Like, he is not going to let her go. And he was hearing it for a good year, two years from different people. Really? And then he, they were like, you're crazy to mess with Tia. Like, yeah. her baby daddy is like, he's been in jail. Like, he's been to jail for attempted murder. Like, and he really has. Like, he really has. But God he, bless him. he let it go because <laughs> he knew he didn't want me no more. Yeah. And he had a new woman. That's the thing. Like, I, and that's, that's the thing that you have to define in your own relationships is like, how attached is that person? Like, with my baby dads, they they've they've moved on. They've moved on a hundred percent. Like my the yeah. first one, 
he like the, him and his woman you know i actually love the his new woman like when i know when mara's going to his house i know that he's taken care of he's brushing his teeth he's doing what he needs to do like she, everything yeah like i'm very grateful for her and they're expecting their first um child together well, congrats um, on that i know Mara yeah to be uh, another another brother. another big brother right and and like with my second uh baby dad like i know that he's he's moved on just like he's doing his own thing like yeah. i know that i know that he's dating he and he's really good at boundaries like he's like no you he's know. like tia yeah very very good at those boundaries like shut like, it down shut it shut it down so i mean you have to be able to define that you know especially with anybody who wants to come into a single mom's life like you know those are valid questions to ask like what's your relationship like with your baby dad oh, I asked, i've asked oh my goodness I, I remember the first time we sat all night long talking and we both want to know things. We were asking questions. We literally did it all night long when we first got together. That's so, so important. It, and the it was some of them was awkward. Like I was like, oh my god, it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. But I need to know. Yeah. Because I knew I didn't want more kids. That was a big one. Yeah. I I, I don't want no more. I want to concentrate on me. Yeah. And I was like, when please you've been a say. Fourteen. No, like, give us a break. Give me please. a break. I don't want to push no more children. I don't want no more babies hanging off my titties. <laughs> like, I don't want it no more. Um, and he was like, "No, I don't want no more." But it's so it's so funny because in the last couple of years, we've entertained the conversation. I've have I said I wouldn't do it at this point, babe. I was gonna ask you on birth control. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I said I wouldn't do it at this yeah. point. It wouldn't. I can you even see me with a child? That child be dragging Dustin in the car seat. I may, I may be one of them parents to forget about my kid in the back of the car seat. Like, I'm so busy, right? That's amazing. So I wouldn't even. Yeah. And I know he would Starting be a great father because, you know, he's a great father of his kids. He's raised one of his kids by himself. Wow. Um, his, oldest, his oldest son. Um, right. right. But no. It's not, and it's not in the cards for us. No. Let's travel. And, uh, travel, live your own life. And and depends on what your needs are. Like, have that open communication, um, you know, uh, just be honest. If if someone wants marriage and kids and and they've never had it and they want it don't with say, you, and yeah. don't say that you can do it if you feel like you can't do it. Um, and and have those tough questions. Ask about the exes. Ask about that that type of thing. You know, if, if I was dating someone who had um, a baby mom and kids, I would also be as apprehensive as probably some of the guys that are trying to date me, knowing that I have baby daddies. Is like, what's the relationship like? Is there like a you know a situation where they would come back in the life, or what's the dynamic like? Um, I mean, it's possible. It's obviously possible to still find love and marriage. Oh, and absolutely. After having kids. Maybe third time's a charm. I don't know. No, honestly, God, I, you know, it, it is when when you're ready, when it's your season. I always say to Francis that I, I, I think we were meant to be, and I met you that year, and I was done so dirty by my baby daddy because it was meant to be. Right. Because if I was still with him, I would have never met you. Like I would right. never. Right. I would have been so engulfed in him. I wouldn't have seen what real love is. Absolutely. And I'm Absolutely. so glad I went through that, and yeah. he built me up. So. And you guys been together for ten years. It'll be ten years October. And do we have a wedding date? No, we don't. I know people keep asking me that, and I tell people, <laughs> if you're asking about the wedding date, we don't have one. What we're doing is, you know, just living our best lives, and when yeah. we're ready, we'll we do it. Happen. But the same people that are asking about these wedding dates are the same people who ain't getting invited. <laughs> like, stop asking because you ain't getting invited. I'm really growing into a private phase of my life. Yeah. I really am. If you notice that, yes. I really am. Um, and, you know, if you're... Invited, you can come join in the, the nuptials with us and in love with us. Yeah. Um, but in general, when we're ready, we're ready. Yeah. And I just got to stop st starting businesses and then concentrate on a wedding. <laughs> no wedding. Put I all gotta, that energy into that. Yeah. 
But um, it's good. I'm happy. I'm very happy. And if he was here, he would tell you he's happy too. Like yeah. I'm going down to see him in a couple hours. So you, you talk very highly of him. It's, he it's, is. It's he's a good man. I admire. I admire your guys' relationship. I admire. I admire healthy relationships around me. And and um, again, it it just like creates that inspiration. Like you, can no, do it. you know, just because you have kids, just because you've lived a certain life, just because you know you've dealt with these types of relationships that might not been healthy or things just didn't work out, it doesn't mean it's the end of the road for you. End of the day. Point and I life. would say one thing before we sign off. What's up? If you are going through relationships that are not healthy, it may not just always be the partner or the person you're dealing with. Look at yourself. You may need to look at yourself and 100%. go through some healing on your own right. to be the best version for yourself. Yeah. Just Absolutely. saying. Absolutely. You can't keep carrying that around. No. Well, thank you. Always a pleasure. <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. Um, again, follow us on Instagram, the Blue Room Podcast. Join the conversation. We're always putting questions out there. We'd love to have your guys' perspectives and opinions. Um, and we will see you guys soon.